What is going on? This is Almost Canon, and we're the greatest podcast of all time. Uh, uh, Yo, that's a tight uh, intro, dude. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, uh, I was feeling it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, our rhythm isn't so great, but it's still pretty fun to... You guys ought to see us dancing in the studio. It's something to behold. Yeah. Speaking of behold, hello, Holden. Hello. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. By popular demand, little Jimmy. There actually was a review, I think, or a comment about more little Jimmy. My name is little Jimmy anymore. Old Billy Bobby. Billy Bobby. Are you? Ch- yes. <laughs> uh oh. Is he allowed to do that? I don't think so. I don't think you're allowed to change your name, little Jim. It's too late for that. No. Yep. <laughs> it's already canon. Sorry. Yeah. It's almost canon. Oh, speaking of which, man, it'd be help to get a little doja. Oh yeah. What did I just say? It'll be help. Okay. Anyway. A little doja. Doja. I want to say one more thing. Um, I'm going to do my best this episode to avoid the negativity that has plagued me <laughs> through the last couple episodes. Those and Nick, Nicholas, you, it might have been the Dybbuk. You're right. It's so much fun. I look forward to it every week. <laughs> so um, uh, with that in mind, I'm just going to go ahead and try to, try to stay positive. Keep my positivity levels high. You know what I mean? Nice. Especially in the face of a topic that is as grand as this one. Mm. Personally, I don't even know if I can do it justice. I feel like I'm really lacking here on my uh, my research. Don't sandbag it, man. You're going to be fine. I'm worried. I'm going to keep an open mind. I think we're all going to learn something here tonight. If you like the more little Jimmy. Ooh. Are you about to start plugging your own podcast, <laughs> little Jim? Maybe. You don't even have a podcast as far as I know. I can get a mic. <laughs> Whoa. That sounded like a threat. No, but Lil Jimmy does want to start a YouTube channel for video games. Well, you're going to have to like and subscribe to Lil Jim, too, because he is a subsidiary of the um, Almost Canon Corporation. So <laughs> you want a piece of him, you have to go through us. That a sounds consorption. It's very weird. Is that what you called it? Uh, a concern, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the Little Jimmy concern. <laughs> Okay, fun. Fun's fun. Uh, one more addendum to the night's uh, festivities. And I got, I got something I want to add, too. Okay, I, and I just keep coming up with these on the fly, and I'm sorry. This is my last one for now. Uh, just, just the continuance, and I told you about this today, of the haunting. It was um, uh, a double whammy this time, not a big deal. Ooh. Yeah, just a bump. Two bumps. Two, two pretty substantial bumps in the middle of the night. But now that spooky season's over, I'm pretty sure it was just a uh, a rodent of some sort. So 
No <laughs> you better deal. hope so. No, well, this time there was no voice associated with it. Just bumps. Well, still, I, I'm not quite sure that rodents have uh, voices, so... Squeak, squeak. Yeah, they can squeak, for sure. Well, other than squeaking mm. and squawking. They definitely are not supposed to sound like human voices. No. Which is what the ones that I had sound... But those, that hasn't happened now, so... I think mm. we're good. I think we're good over here at the uh, Roberts household. Oh, <laughs> I am Bank Roberts, by the way, and this is Nick <laughs> Billiards. And, of course, we got little Jimmy in the house. We are so happy to be here on Almost Canon. Yeah. Yep, we sure are. And I had something I wanted to bring up. I'm sure, uh, you know, here at uh, Almost Canon, you know, we try to leave politics out. It can be a very touchy subject. But I just wanted to bring up, you know, we got the midterm election coming up. And that'll happen before our next podcast. And I'm only bringing this up because I want, you know, we all know that conspiracies just seep from elections. I just wanted to bring that up. Let's see what, uh, let's see what, what we get out of this. We might get some good, some good, uh, material uh, Nick, mm. I'm going to have to ask you to put the brakes on that <laughs> thought there because we want this, this some bitch to be evergreen, okay? We don't need to be referring to a specific moment in time that may or may not have some There's kind of... There's some good things out there that come from uh, politics, though, you know? <sighs> I know? I hate to say it, but there is. Like, Q, like... That's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. Are you in Q? No. Are you in Q? I am not. But one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast, because Q is just so ridiculous. Are you trying to get them to recruit you? Maybe. See, I I knew that. No, I just, I want to be the inside man, you know. Well, if they hear what we're saying right now. from the other side. They're Q, man. Even if I edit all this stuff out, they'll still know that we sent it. (laughs) No, but seriously, like, there's some, we are in... We haven't seen this kind of stuff in a hundred years. Like this revolutionary just, type stuff. That's it, what you're it's saying. getting crazy out there. Is it so, though? Let's is just it leave though? it. I believe it is. I and like we'll leave it at that. I feel like every generation ever says the same exact Yeah, thing. no, this is different, man, dude. There was, uh, okay. All right. This is different. It's getting it's getting heated in here. Good. I hope they hunt me for sport, dude. I'll it's be able to take a couple down. Getting hot in here. So make sure you vote. Nobody's going to vote. People don't vote in this country. I'm oh, sorry. We're, we are getting Well, let's shoot. Because voting, that's your American. People fought and they died for that rut. So you need to get out and vote. It took me like 10 minutes. And yeah, I already knew who I wanted for each one of those positions. I don't need to be persuaded by their stupid last minute fucking mailings or whatever. Oh, so you didn't even bother to open it. You're like, I already know. I already here, here it, I didn't even open it. Yeah. I'm just sending it back. I just filled it in I by already, Oh, so you did fill it in though. Yeah, by rote. I would just like circle the first one on everybody and they're all alphabetical order. So whoever the fuck <laughs> I voted for it doesn't I mean it does matter. Like of course. A B A B A B C A B D. Yeah, it's like trying to do the SATs, right? <laughs> There's like a certain you got a pattern that you fill in and then you get the right combo and everybody right, right. everybody lives in harmony. I think that's the way it works, right? Yeah, maybe. You vote. Maybe. Keep voting, people. Really, we do mean that. Um, but you know what frustrates me? That people don't. 
Yeah. Because I know a couple of people that refuse to vote. Right. And I'm not going to name names, but you know who you are and you're listening, aren't you? You know, act, for the longest time, I didn't vote. Well, that makes sense. But I do now. So. Thanks. I think, I think the hardest thing is, is, the, is having to register. It should be automatic. You shouldn't, you know, it just, you should go get your license. And when you do that, you should be registered to vote. I agree. And that's that. Let's get on to the subject. Because we could talk about this for a while, probably. I don't think so. Is this going to be the big first edit point? Clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. I don't think so. I think it's good. I think it's fine. It's not. It's not. I'm going to scream in three seconds. The top of my lungs. And everybody's going to tune out because that's when. Sh- All right, let's let's start this. Let's get this show on the road. All right, dude. Okay. I feel like I feel like I'm in and out on this mic. Like, wait a second. Can you hear yourself in both your cans? No, I can, but I feel. Uh, 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 Just stay stay right like in the middle. I gotta right? be like right in the middle. That's where you get the good vibration. I'm like touching. The, oh, Nick. The thing with my lips. That's a 57. Okay, so that's why... Okay, right. These two are 58s. Those two are 57s. It's basically the same mic, but it has a slightly different pickup pattern. Ooh. So, just so you know something about Lonely Highway Studio, we're working with really ghetto equipment here. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I don't know. I think they look pretty good to me. No, they are. The whole thing is actually really professional. And uh, leaves nothing to be desired. Right, little Jim? Right? Yes? What? Yes. What are we talking about? Just say yes. Uh, okay. There you Perfect. Go. Did it. All right, let's get into this. There's a lot to go through. Dibbuck. Dibbuck. Yeah, Dibbuck. That's what we're talking about. Let's redo that episode, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like such a dib, dib jerk. Dibbuckles, more like it. Yes, thank you. That's a great <laughs> review. If anybody were to review that episode, they'd be like, Dibbuck. <laughs> more like Dibbuck. That's great. Good job, man. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. You ready? No, you won. You won it. You won the podcast, dude. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Shush. Wait. Okay. Ready? Let's take a break so I can throw the music on here. Okay, good. Um, can't do that. Yeah, no, um, no, um. Oh. And here we are. Almost cannon is wait, back. Wait, wait, can we do a clean one? Sorry. Yep. And we're back. It's almost cannon. I'm Bank Roberts. This is Nick Billi- Nick Willard. And I like J- Nick Billiards. That's N- fine. Nick Billiards, and of course we have Lil Jim, who seems to be playing something furiously on his phone. I think it's golf. <laughs> I think it's I think like he's doing the Minecraft PGA. or something. He's doing the PGA Tour. It's definitely not golf. No, it's or maybe golf. it's Minecraft golf. He's on the 17th hole right now. Kind of from here, it looks like golf. He's on four under par. So just <laughs> let him. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. I'm going to start. Go ahead, dude. Oh, but now the music just cut out. Go ahead, grandson. All right. I'm, I'm starting. Hold on. Oh, I feel like I should get my guitar right now because I want to do... Go ahead. <laughs> if you think you can get it, I'm recording. Why'd the music cut out like that again? 
I feel like it goes for a while and then it... When I tell you, you are the queen of my heart. Please don't, I don't know deceive what that is. me when I hurt you. Just ain't the way it seems. Alright, you ready? Can you feel my love buzz? 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 Woo! Yes, yes. Come on, man. All right, here we go. I said I would do this. Do what? What I just did. Oh. (laughs) Okay. It's no biggie. All right, here we go. Gary. Gary arrived at the estate around 8 o'clock that morning. He was excited for the, the day's job. Uh, and he quietly prepared his tools and equipment in the back of his work van and then double-checked the paperwork before setting off. Gary was there to install security lighting along the outside of this beautiful Seattle estate. He gathered his tape measure and ladder and then started to walk the perimeter of the home, gauging you know, how much time he would need and how many materials it would take to affix the lighting to the areas uh, that he had been hired to work on. At around 8.30, Gary reached the garage and began searching for the best location to put these security lights. He measured the height of the bay doors as well as the frame of the building itself. He also measured the width of the building and wrote all these lengths down on a notepad he kept clipped to a clipboard. He then walked around the back where there was a, a balcony and a short staircase that led to a small deck, which would be the balcony. Um, and on the balcony, there was a back door to a small room located above the garage. This room, the owners, they called this the greenhouse. They called it the greenhouse because at one point, this room had been used as an indoor garden of some kind. There were four or five long windows that stretched from the base of the roof to its peak and they ran along both sides of the roof however the new owners used the room as a sort of hangout and because the back deck could be accessed fairly easily they wanted a light installed above the doorway Gary made his way onto the small balcony and examined the pitch of the roof searching for the best spot and as he did this he was able to see inside the greenhouse knowing who owned the home and how unconventional he was, Gary assumed that there was a mannequin laying on the ground. He got a, uh, he took a second, and he continued working, and he kept seeing the mannequin, and as he looked at it again, he realized it was a person. You know, he didn't, he didn't want to bother he didn't want to bother this person. It was clearly... He, he could clearly tell that this person was sleeping. So he continued his work. But he kept... He kept like... You know, seeing through the, the little window in the door. And then he realized that this wasn't a mannequin. It wasn't a sleeping person. It was a, it was a dead guy. There was a dead guy there. Um, and it would turn out that this dead man... Was Kurt Cobain. And that... That's that. 
How long did it take for Gary to figure it out that it was actually a dead person? Not very long. I mean, he just like, you know, he saw him a couple times. Like First how- he thought it was a mannequin, and then mm-hmm. he thought he was just sleeping. Yeah. So like a minute or less? Yeah, not very long. He just saw, wow, yeah, okay. And it was Kurt Cobain, of all people. Mm. Well, isn't that a weird coincidence? I know. Because I was just singing that song that was on their first album. Do you remember that? Nope. I don't think I did that on purpose. Or maybe I... I think I was just born. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that doesn't mean you don't have access to it. Yeah, no, I was never a huge... um, Nirvana fan? No, I was going to say, it's not Nirvana. He's from Metallica. Duh. That's true. We all (laughs) know Kurt Cobain, founder of Metallica. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I wasn't a huge uh, Nirvana fan. I mean, I like several of their songs, but... But yeah, you, on the other hand, I'm sure. No, no. I mean, I, I do love Nirvana because when, all right, here's a little behind the scenes, man. But I was in my teens. I was in high school when Nevermind came out. God, what, what else can I say? I mean, Kurt had <laughs> one of the best rock and roll voices of all time. Like literally every word he sung, you felt it. Really like strong like, like his voice was coming from somewhere else, man. And uh, he was also super talented, man. He was crazy on the guitar and... Like, I liked that music, but I never really looked too deeply into that kind of stuff. You know, I just listened to the music. I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to who was singing, you know, what the name of the album was. You didn't care anything about the band itself? I mean, not really. I mean, even to this day, like... I like song, different songs from different bands. Yeah, they're cool. Like, I, I get to know who the bands are, but I never really... You just don't relate to it on that level. Yeah, no, I think... I, I feel like it's... Like, uh... I don't know. I feel like it's a, an age thing, maybe. So, but... Uh, before I get sidetracked... Like, I am of the age of video games. So, okay, we're well, too I- busy playing video games to listen and pay attention to music. Can I ask you if there is a band that you can like name all their members and you got no. some... Really? So really? I think that's just you, Nick. It's oh, hold on. Wait, wait. I think little Jimmy knows. Jimmy's Jimmy got- loves music and he can memorize every song he's ever heard. Get right on that mic, little Jimmy, and tell us what you believe. You're good, man. He forgot. All right. We'll come back to you. You're doing good over there. Great grandson. Um, no, but he really is good with music. A lot better than I believe me, it. That's for sure. So I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, he the forgot. music that you like. No? Okay. Yeah, but no, there wasn't any really bands that it, I it can name the, every, everyone who's a member of. I think, here's the thing, Nick. I don't think, I think there's a lot of people out there still of your generation and younger who do pay attention to the band and who's in the band. And no, get, no, I'm sure there are. Get really, and so it's not about the phones. It's just about a different, you know, it's a difference in personality type, I guess. Right, yeah, I it's guess. Not a, it's not a big deal. Jimmy, go ahead. Uh, so the bands that I like is... What are they? You got it, little Do you Jim? know the name of the songs? Yes. What are they? Give Come us on. a so- Sing it. Come on, man. Your dad's a really good singer. I bet you are, too. Come on. All right. Yeah, but no, like, I really like that song, Like a Stone, by Audio Slave, but I couldn't tell you who sung it. 
who sings it, you know? They are outside. But you see, Audio Slave is a one-hit wonder at best. Whereas Ooh. a group like Nirvana is yeah, a long-lasting... It was really just that one song that was good. They're, they're, uh, Nirvana... Uh, uh, okay, there's millions, there's hundreds and thousands of bands and talented people out there. And they're all making really good stuff right now in this time in the world. Um, but none of them can really hold a candle to a band like Nirvana who just right in the right place at the right time, like a complete, um, didn't they begin grunge music? Didn't it start with them pretty much? Well, there was an evolution as there is with all musical types. There were bands doing that kind of thing before them, like Sonic Youth, the Pixies. But I mean, I feel like that was more like punk rock. Mm, more noise because they came from punk rock like that's what they I feel like that's what they set out to be crank out maximum decibels distorted guitars and just like destroy stuff just the same way that music always has been but finding a new way to express itself in these really loud grunge pedals effects like chorus and flanger all these stuff that make it um it takes it out of this pure punk realm which punk in some ways it's just fury. It's just pure fury poured into like a three-chord format. Whereas Nirvana, I mean, Kurt Cobain, famously, his favorite, one of his favorite songs to play live was um, a Beatles cover, uh, which is... Blackbird. No, not Black. Ooh, Blackbird would be a good choice. <laughs> but his ability to write a really awesome chord progression was so much different than, than a punk than a punk song. Uh, just a lot more complicated chord structures, and so is that why it's considered grunge? That, I don't, I, yeah, I don't even really know what grunge is. I did all this research, and I didn't even look up what that is. You don't have to. I can tell you. All right, I'll tell you in a very <laughs> concise way. It's a uh, friggin' dist- dirty, distorted, sludgy guitars, and uh, it's also a look. You know, the like the baggy corduroys and the. Greasy yep. hair and just like the kind of shoe gazing, meaning like you're just staring at your shoes and <laughs> wearing these real baggy clothes and playing these real broad, grungy chords. I don't know. There's not really a way to crystallize it other than saying the whole attitude. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. You're raising your hand. Go ahead. Are we supposed to be reading a story? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are, but we're just getting into the definition of grunge. He's, yeah, he has no idea what grunge is. Music. Someday you will. He listens to what's on the radio. No, I do not. Or what's on, uh, I guess, whatever pops on to YouTube. Boom! A little pushback from Jimmy. (laughs) Jim, tell him how you feel. (laughs) No, this is a whole new segment. Depressed. Depressed? Lil Jim, depressed. (laughs) Let's follow up on this. No, let's not. All right. Wait, but wait. Let's put that aside. We'll cover the depression We're not gonna a little do- Jimmy right. later. Okay, it seems like uh, that topic needs to be explored. Because <laughs> we need to get into who He's crying. Kurt Cobain was. Oh, okay. Actually, Lil Jim, we will put a pin on, in your thing because I... Uh, wait, made a pin. No, I don't want to make light of your depression. That's not, <laughs> what I, that's not what I meant to do. Oh, God. I mean, All right. Talk about cool rock stars. Oh, go ahead. Kurt Donald Cobain. It's his full name. He was born February 20th, 1967. These are just quick facts that I'm going to list off really quick here. 
his mom was Wendy Cobain. She worked as a waitress. And his dad was Donald Cobain, who uh, was an auto mechanic. And those are immediate facts about Kurt Cobain. Mom Wendy, Dad Donald, auto mechanic. That's right. That sounds like a your classic American family. <laughs> sure. Donald and Wendy. <laughs> Joel, oh, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening okay, again. Hold in. I'm going to put an absolute kibosh in it. Nick, you go ahead. Nobody's going to interrupt you. <laughs> That's my guarantee. All right. All right. So, so pretty much Kurt was like, Kurt and his family, they were all uh, uh, musically oriented from, you know, his aunt, his uncle. Kurt was, he loved music from a young age. His, I could think his uncle was in a band. His aunt was like a, a semi, like a professional or semi-professional piano player. What kind of band was his uncle in? Let's see. I got that here somewhere. It was it was a a band like Nirvana, but Nirvana, but they never like really took off. So like a grunge. No, it was called the Beachcombers. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like more like a Beach Boys kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I didn't really get into what it was, but yeah. So his uncle was in a band. His aunt. I bet they did surf rock. Do you know what surf rock is, Nicholas? <laughs> no. Well, I'm about to educate. You listen to it when you're surfing. Yeah, and you listen to it while you watch other people surf too. So it got that classic like It's like like I bet that's what the beachcombers did, dude. <laughs> I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Okay, probably not. Um so yeah, his uncle was in a band The his, Beachcombers. His aunt she wasn't a piano player actually. What? She was uh she she was she played guitar and was in several local bands throughout her life, but never you know didn't take off like Kurt did. Wow, that's really cool. So he has a musical family. Yeah. Uh, and as a child, he was reported to be very happy and very creative. He seemed to want to be an artist, um, like his grandmother, who was a professional artist. Like a visual artist, like a painter? Or? Yeah, like a painter, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, little Kurt wanting to just be an artist? <laughs> yeah. And who, 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 who related this aspect of... of well, his grandmother, uh, she, no, she, I mean, she encouraged who, it. Who, told, who is telling us that he was a happy child? Like, who is that according to? Uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> Disappointing. I was hoping for like an actual source on that one. Yeah, no. Got not, nothing on nothing. that? Ah, okay. All right. Well, he was a happy child. Let's I was under the that. gun, man. I had to go straight to Wikipedia. I know. Everybody, listen. Uh, this is why you need to support the Almost Canon podcast, all right? Nicola, Nicholas and I are working six days a week. Uh, and he's also, little Jimmy, has, he has to take care of little Jim. Yes, little Jim. I have a hard job. <laughs> I have to be there for eight hours a day. See, little Jimmy also is... Uh, he goes to school sometimes. No, I go all the time. He goes every day. He gets to go to school after 10.30 now. He goes every day because he's a, he's a real soldier. And he's he doesn't a, have to be there till 10.30. He's a positive presence on the podcast. <laughs> nice, the triple P there, Bank. Nice job. Beep, beep. 
But yeah, all right. Hey, no, don't. So, uh, so yeah, his grandmother was a professional artist. She encouraged Kurt to Kurt. to uh, to be an artist, and apparently he would draw his favorite uh, characters from like TV shows and cartoons and movies and shit. Kurt would. <laughs> God, that's adorable. Uh, his aunt Mary would say in interviews that Kurt began singing at singing at around two years old. Uh. And he would, and when he was f- about four, he started writing simple songs about like. Can I interrupt going you? Going to man? the park or whatever. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. I'm sorry to do interrupt so quickly into your story, but uh, the thought of little two-year-old Kurt Cobain <laughs> singing <laughs> is such a fun <laughs> image because, like, twenty-year-old Kurt Cobain had such a crazy roar of a voice. I just wonder what he would have sounded like as a child. That's so fun. Come on, little Jimmy. What do you got, little Jimmy? Let's, gonna, let's hear what Kurt Cobain a, would sound like as a the, two-year-old. Yeah, he's going to do a Kurt impression. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you give us like five more seconds of that, little Jim? Dude, that's banging. Yeah, that's that's I, I I I'm sure that's what it sounded like. You need to encourage almost exactly what it sounded like. You need to encourage his um creativity. Yeah, usually when he gets creative, I I beat him with the with the belt. I mean, I understand that impulse too, but you got to say go. no. Don't do that. Be quiet. This is why I'm depressed all the time. <laughs> so that's why he's depressed. Well, that wraps that up with a tight little bow. Okay. Jimmy's depressed because Nick beats him every time he uh, expresses creativity. <laughs> no, we encourage him to be creative all this the time. Is, yeah, obviously, we're joking. He's, a, he's actually a really good singer, and we've tried to get him into... Uh, Competitions? No, just like, I don't know, classes and stuff. Talent shows. No, more like lessons, you know. Spotlight, Little Jimmy. Because he's actually... When he's not trying to be funny. Nick, no, shut, no. He's just saying. I really need to say this because it's important. When he's not oh, trying beautiful. to be funny, which is most of the time, he can pull off this crazy, intense singing. Like, oh my God. It's like I can do it for you professional. Right now. Shh, let him do it. I, I don't think he can because he's going to try to be funny. No, no. Go. You have nothing to sing. He usually sings along I'm to something. So. To but yeah, like it's crazy. Like if I could catch it and record it when he's doing that, then he could be the next Kurt Cobain. But I can't because my headphones are broken. No, well he's uh gathering up his courage. courage. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this. All right, so yeah. So he little Kurt started singing at two, writing songs at four. He would write about like little songs about going to the park or getting ice cream, you know. Oh shut up. That's not true. That's what his aunt said. Um, Not about getting ice cream, but about like going to the park and stuff. Oh, that sounded too innocent. His uh, because when I was eight, I was also making up songs, and they were not about going to the park. <laughs> they were about like all cars crashing <laughs> and some kind of crazy stuff that I uh, came up yeah, with. Yeah, well, my- he's, this was when he was four. So, uh, oh, yeah, okay. So yeah, his favorite apparently his aunt says his favorite music of the time were songs by ELO, uh, Arlo Guthrie. You know who that is? Arlo Guthrie. Yeah. 
How did? <sighs> yeah, Guthrie, not Gumthrie. You can't disappoint me more sometimes. I've never heard of him. <laughs> okay, I know you haven't. You just said Arlo Gunthrie. <laughs> I know. Shut up, Nick. I see that. God, you're I annoying I see it, sometimes. and I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to say Gunthrie. I know you do. I know. <laughs> just like fucking Mallory. What, what, what was I calling him? Mallory? What? What's yeah, Mallory? Yeah, Malloy. Yeah, stop <laughs> like, saying Mallory. <laughs> Nick. You oh, my God. You have to pronounce stuff correctly, man. It's just important. <laughs> This whole podcast, you don't care. This whole podcast, every time you pronounce that, you pronounce no, it wrong. Oh, my eyes. My mouth is faster than my eyes. No, you No, your mouth is not faster than your eyes. You just go. <laughs> I'm too fast. I'm too ref- impatient. I see it and I'm like, Mallory. You refuse to just sound it out in your head and maybe practice it once or twice and then go ahead. And- no, because I see the M-A-L. Mallory, you know. You're a fool. That's okay. Furthermore, can I say something else about Mallory? Yeah. Do you know what his slogan is? It's on every one of those pieces of... Yeah, deploy Malloy. So why would you say deploy Mallory? <laughs> it's just what I kept, Depl- I kept saying. Deploy it would have to be deplallery Mallory. Because that's a fucking rhyme, dickweed. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. This know. is where I start to get negative and I'm not going to do I it. I don't know. Just- I don't know why. That's just what I got in my head. But anyway, have you heard of the uh, the Ugh. monkeys? What, like the Beatles? Well, I mean, I mean the monkeys. So he liked like, the Beatles, uh, and uh, the monkeys. You ever heard, heard of the, the monkeys? monkeys? No, I, no, I haven't. Let's go with. I Apparently, haven't. they had a TV show. Yeah, go. What, I you don't know? know. What What are they? I was asking you. A Apparently, band? they were a band Is who a also b- had a TV show, and Kurt loved the theme song to the monkeys TV show. We are fat monkeys. Yeah. We eat too much banana peas. That's actually not that bad. I don't think that was it, though. It actually goes like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we're monkey around. <laughs> we're too busy singing to put anybody down. Hold on. I'm just Hold on. trying Whoa. to be friendly. Is that the real song? Yeah. That sounds like it could be a real song. That is a song. Oh. Huh. I mean, that's literally the song of, of theirs. The monkeys. I am not sure if you're fucking with me or not. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend like that is true. Have you heard the song um, Daydream Believer? Yep. So that's a monkey song. Oh, nice. Yeah. I knew that, actually. I didn't they, know wrote, that. they wrote some songs. All right. So when Kurt was nine, his parents divorced. And this profoundly affected him. So his father remarried. Uh, and at first, Kurt really liked his father's new wife. But then they, they ended up having a, another boy who seemed to take over <gasps> his, his, the affection that his stepmother was giving him. So Kurt has a half-brother. He's also, yeah, he's got sisters, too. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So the affection he was receiving uh, vanished, and he began to resent her. Oh, no. And Kurt's mother also, uh, you know, started dating again. Um, and she seemed to be attracted to a lot of uh, people that would abuse her. And Kurt would, you know, he'd see this happening. And he was there, apparently, one night when, his, when someone had broken his mother's arm. And that really affected him as well. And he, and he was like nine years old when this, you I know. See, yes, that's, a, so, that's rough. It's got to it be pretty be rough. Yeah. That's like little Jimmy's age. Jimmy's nine. 
Or I'm he will be this month. Well, you'll, you're more than... You're going to be nine in like a couple days. Uh, on June 28th, 1979, I wrote Kurds. Kurds mother. Kurds mother. You know what's funny? Kurds sometimes spelled his name with a D. <laughs> really? Yeah, he would, he would spell it K-U-R-D-T. Kurds. Kurds. <laughs> yeah, so Kurds mother... Uh, Granted full custody to his father after, and, and this, was, this is 1979, they took Kurt to a therapist who said, the therapist uh, suggested that Kurt would uh, adjust better in a, a single family home. So his mother granted full custody to his dad so Kurt could, you know, live with his dad full time. Uh, and I'm not going to ask for the source because I think you're just going to say Wikipedia, right? Well, I mean, I got this from Wikipedia, but that's that's a true thing. Like, this is this is all Wikipedia. Wikipedia has a huge page on Kurt, has a huge page on his suicide. Uh, but I did get other, I got information from some other sources. So we're gonna take a break real quick. Almost canon. We'll be right back. Nick okay. ba- Nick Billiards, Bank Roberts, Lil Jim. Little Jimmy's gonna sing us to the break. Go on, little Jim. Clap, clap, clap all day long. I just made that up. Oh, that was perfect. Keep going. I just made those up. They're not even real Do words. Opera. They're just sounds. I want opera. I don't have any. Hallelujah. 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 Alright. That's good. Now it's your turn. You guys should start a family band. <laughs> Cause Nick, you have a good voice. Uh-uh. Holden has got a good voice. I mean, Jim. It's actually my mom and me who have a good voice. Mm, yeah. So we got mom and Lil Jim. Not me. And Lil Nikki. I'll just do the vocals in the background. I mean, There's some place in the world. <laughs> I don't know, man. I see some real talent here. Yeah. Well, just I guess so. Okay, sorry. We're back from the break at Almost Canon. Yep. Hello. Bank Roberts, Nick Billiards, Lil Jim, coming at you. All right. Bang. All right. So, Kurt's dad was, he was uh, unable to control him. Uh, and he was no doubt too busy with his new family to even deal with the child from a failed marriage. That's what I feel. Um, so, his father ended up leaving him in the care of, of the Reed family. This was a, a friend uh, yeah, so the Reed family, they were devout, born-again Christians. Um, and Kurt really, like, he loved this. He was going to church every Sunday. Yeah, and apparently, um, religion kind of stuck with him. But he moved more towards Buddhism, it seems like. 
Okay. Which is also where you get Nirvana. So. Hmm. I, uh, I don't know how spiritual Kurt really was, but how can we know that? Because Wikipedia told us. No, Wikipedia doesn't know shit. I mean, it does, but. Wikipedia knows everything. I mean, it does, but. How do, how do we know that the dinosaurs got extinct? How do we know that the world got made? How do we know that? How do we know that God got born? <laughs> so many questions to ask. These conspiracies, conspiracies are getting to him. How do we know that God got born? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was like a solid answer on that one. All right, let's get back. Little Jim and Nicholas. So, so yeah. The Reed family, they were devout born-again Christians. And and uh, if you were wondering what born again is, because I, I did, I was here, you know, born again, evangelicalism, you know, I was here about this stuff and I, I never actually really knew what it was. So it refers to one spiritual rebirth, uh, usually found within the evangelicalism and is taken from the words of Jesus. <laughs> And so this... Wait! Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> really? Sorry, yeah. Okay, sorry. So yeah, this, this born again, uh, it's taken from, from the words of Jesus from... I got a quote here. It says, you must be born again before you can see it enter or enter the kingdom of heaven. So, there you go. <coughs> wow. Yeah. So, Kurt was a born-again Christian. For a time. That's wild. I did not know that. Just for a time. <coughs> <coughs> Whoa. I almost died. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then on Kurt's 14th birthday, his uncle, this would be the guy from the Beachcombers, he gave him a, a used guitar. He got, he got to, apparently he got, he got to either pick from a bike or a guitar, and he picked a guitar, uh, which started him on his lifelong journey of music. What kind of guitar was it? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> it was a used guitar. I'm sure it was in a, a, some sort of a acoustic guitar. Was it acoustic? Do you know that? Yeah, it, I'm sure that it was, but I don't know for, sh- for certain. <laughs> So, during... Hold on. Don't do that. We don't do that. Okay, guys. You're doing it again. This is your fault. Wow, 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 wow. Nick has got the velo claw, and he is willing to use it. All right. So, during high school... Sorry. Willing to use it. During high school, Kurt joined the wrestling team uh, despite his dislike for, for sports. Oh, Kurt. He did this for, for his father. Oh, dad made him join the team, huh? Yeah. That's and, bull but, crap. Yeah, and it, I guess it turned out he was a, he was a, a pretty skilled wrestler. Um, but after his coach... And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, little Jimmy is holding up the velo claw <laughs> against his father's head. Repeat, we have a situation <laughs> in oh. the room, uh, and he has apparently uh, backed down. He is going back uh, <laughs> to his... Oh, now he's brandishing it 
at the wholesale, and we are in trouble. <laughs> Little Jimmy is attempting a mutiny, and oop, the security forces are quickly coming to... The security forces are quickly coming. Oh, he's going to go ahead and kill the security force. And we're all dead. He's being stabbed repeatedly. And little Jimmy wins. Look at him. He did. He's bleeding. Uh, Nick, my grandson. Oh, it's me, Bank Roberts. Nicholas is bleeding. I don't know what just happened. He's bleeding in a significant way. Wait a minute. Why? I don't know what just happened. I got like a super Charlie horse in my leg. Out of nowhere. That and you're blaming the chair? I don't know what it was. Oh, God. All right. Wrestling. <clears throat> Kurt, was he turned out to be a skilled wrestler. Little Jimmy has the oh, Velociraptor Claw. Again. Nick. Wait. Walk it off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're a host. Nick Billiards is, he seems to have died. contracted some kind of Charlie horse. Uh, it doesn't look pretty. Oh, and Jimmy is brandishing the claw. Everybody just chill. Nick, walk it off, dude. No, just chill. I like bent my leg somehow when is Jimmy it, I bent my leg somehow when Jimmy was attacking me and it just like set off this crazy Charlie Hurst we're gonna have to edit all this out nah, I think it was fine I mean it was fine but no alright Kurt sorry what no, nope nothing you're good sorry Kurt was a skilled wrestler but apparently his coach and his teammates just like picked on him relentlessly uh, and this would cause Kurt to throw his matches so he would purposely be pinned so he wouldn't have to wrestle. And he was able to kill two birds with one stone uh, by doing this because he would be able to piss his father off (laughs) at the same time. Uh, And so after wrestling, he would join... his, His dad would then make him join the baseball team. And he would purposely strike out to avoid playing. That actually kind of reminds me of me. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I was on all these teams and I would, did not give a absolute shit. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> Which is why I don't force little Jimmy to play sports. If he doesn't want to. Yeah, good. Sports kind of suck. Sports kind of suck. I mean, suck. He's, he, yeah, he, he played soccer. And you did baseball, too. And he enjoys it. But, uh... We're not, we're not like a super competitive. Why, you, why is he always brandishing things at people? First it was the velo claw. <laughs> now the keys. Because he's dangerous. Oh God. He is a... Jimmy, why don't you uh, put your thoughts on the microphone? Kill them. Kill them. All right. <laughs> well, we are getting into something. But we love him and he's welcome <laughs> in our house and... He's probably not going to kill anybody for at least a little while. So thanks. Oh, God. That face. He just gave me the face of a murderous demon. All right. Nobody. So as I was saying. You go ahead, Nick. I'm we're s- not a, consp- uh, a competitive family. Really. But when, well, when we play games, oh, shit. Don't get in little Jimmy's way because he'll freak out if he doesn't get to win. When Kurt was a sophomore, he moved in with his mom. 
And when he was a senior, he ended up dropping out of high school two weeks prior to graduation after realizing he didn't have enough credits to pass. Um, so then his mom told him that he, he had to find a job. You know, obviously, you got to find a job or I'm going to kick you out. Wait, hold up a second. Sorry. Moved in with his mom. So they were like pretty, they live in the same town, obviously. Yeah, they, they must have. Yeah, so he lived with her for a year until he was, uh, you know, a senior. And then he dropped out and his mom, you know, you, you got to get a job, you know. Classic mom. Right. Classic mom move. But you got to get a job. <laughs> oh, really, mom? I feel like that's more of a classic dad move. Classic dad, dude. Yeah. You got to get a job. I'm like, you my know mom, what? my mama, my mommy would have, she would have, she would have, she would have said, get a job. And I would have been, well, okay. Biologically, I am okay, your grandfather on your. But my stepdad was like, get a fucking job. Yeah, I was on your, I was, a, I'm your grandfather on your uh, father's side. And that's the, that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so dude, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That's fine. So his mom said, get a job or you're going to have to move out. Oh, hold on. Get a job, get a job. Let's see if we hit that. So yeah, his mom said, "Get a job. You're gonna have to move, or you're gonna have to move out." And le- you know, less than a week later, she had already packed his shit up and kicked him out. She kicked him out. <laughs> yeah, less than a week later. So he would, uh, you know, couch surf, stay at friends' houses, you know, and apparently. Kurt would claim that he would sleep under this bridge that spanned the, the Wishka River, which was in the, the, you know, their town. Underneath the bridge, top has sprung a leak. Right, and that's, that's, that's where that would come from. <laughs> so, so this would, uh, it would influence his songwriting. However, Chris, Chris Novoselic, who was, uh, you know, his bandmate, would go on. You're moving my mic, not yours. Would go on to say that he, he hung out there, but you couldn't live on those muddy banks with the tides coming up and down. That was just his own uh, revisionism. So that's Kurt before he became a junkie, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is all this is all before that. I use junkie in a way that's not supposed to be pejorative, but uh, I mean he was smoking he was smoking weed, you know, but Oh that yeah, that's a junkie all the way. <laughs> Take advantage while you hang me out to dry, but I can't see you every night. Free. I do. See, this is how much of a, a Nirvana fan I am. Is that the song that is about about a girl? Stand here in your life. I do. See, I know the song, but I don't. I don't know the name of it. Hope you have the time. I do. He would meet Tony Vale, the drummer uh, for the punk rock band Bikini Kill. She would become. Kurt's next inspiration. And it... Uh, it would become... 
you know, Cobain legend that he was so infatuated with Vale that when he saw her for the first time, he threw up everywhere due to him being so nervous. And this is supposed to be the reason for the the love uh, love you so much it makes me sick in the song aneurysm. Do you know that one? Uh. Trust me, man. Being um, what I always wanted to do being was a like, drummer is the coolest thing you could possibly wish for in the entire world. What about uh, a pianist? Do you see that piano right over there? Yeah. I think maybe. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I hope you do that again. <laughs> Please, that was the best moment of my life. Because that was right when I was starting to become an absolute moron. And you were like, ah, ah. <laughs> I just got such a kick out of it. All right. Yeah. I have to remain a pianist, pop. though. That's, that's something I always wanted to learn how to do. I, but, here, do you want me to turn the... No, no, not right now. Let's no, pause right. the podcast. No, no, no. We got to get through this. We got to get through this. Oh. Do it at the end. All right. Do it at the end. Do it at the end. All right. Tony Vale, the drummer for the punk rock band Bikini Kill, became Kurt's next victim. Just kidding. His next inspiration. Uh, and it has become Cobain legend that when he first saw her, he threw up everywhere because he was so infatuated. Bikini Kill is super cool. Punk. Yeah, punk. I love them. Girl power. Mm. Riot girl. Riot girl. That's right. <laughs> They're hardcore, dude. Yeah. And supposedly, uh, that would be the, the reason for love you so much it makes me sick. Uh, aneurysm is... Is the song apparently? Those are just some of the lyrics. Kurt had been suffering from an undiagnosed stomach pain for as you know for wait. as long as he could remember. Nick, wait. Undiagnosed stomach pain. Yeah. Oh no. And he would say later on. He would say his pain was so bad that it'd make him want to kill himself. Hey, Jim. What? But it hurts so bad, like mine. I literally had so many surgeries done. <laughs> I know, Jimmy. I, I, I know. Another one bites the dust. Uh. Wrong band. You're the coolest uh, soldier of all time, so that's why everybody loves you, little Jim. All right, so let's get into to, to Kurt's... That, that unrecognized stomach pain. Right, that, w- that brings us up to almost... The 1990s. So let's just go over his musical career really quick. You know, we don't have to get into to, to everything. But, uh, so, 1985, Kurt formed the band Fecal Matter. Feet they Matter. Would, they would disband, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like, matter, like it matters, but also, like... Right? Your feet <laughs> like, matters. Yeah, like poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god, you guys. Come on. All right, so they would disband a year later. Let me do some fart noises. No, it's not. We're not doing this again. No. No. Uh, so while in high school, Kurt would meet a fellow punk rocker uh, named Chris Novoselic, whose mom owned a hair salon. And, and Chris's mom, Chris, it's not Chris. It's Chris. I know. I did. I didn't know that. Apple <laughs> I Chris. actually kind of like that name. That was that's a cool name. It's a badass name. Yeah, it is. Kind of like Holden or Fen. Or what is Novoselic? Isn't it? Or even Novoselic's a cool last name. Hungarian or something. You know, it kind of sounds like it could be. I don't know. At least from that part of the world. I actually don't know. Sounds like it's Eastern European. Yes. But uh, so yeah, Chris. Chris's mom would would let Kurt and uh, Chris practice upstairs above the the salon and for years kurt would try to convince him you know to start a band this would go on for years and eventually after fecal matter broke up (laughs) so to speak (laughs) after fecal matter got flushed oh you went for it (laughs) i did that's a big it's pretty low huh big punisher (laughs) so yeah after they broke up uh Chris would agree to start the band, and that is the beginning of Nirvana. Wow, cool. And so, yeah, Nirvana. I love the thought of young Kurt and Chris coming together and just like, friggin', there's no drummer. It's just like a bass and a guitar. Just like right, thrashing. they're just sitting up in the room upstairs. Yes, so loud, just like getting stoned, just friggin' <laughs> jamming so hard. Ah, oh, the ladies so downstairs are like, they're like, what please is that don't noise? <laughs> Probably got some. Oh my god, what's that sound? I'm trying to get my hair cut. That was like super sonic, dude. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Nirvana. Do you know what Nirvana means? It's like the enlightened state that uh, Buddhists can achieve, right? Yeah. So it's a Buddhist idea. It represents the end goal of all the Buddhists, um, according to diction. This is not Wikipedia. According to dictionary.com. Ooh, what a source. (laughs) Uh, Nirvana is a transcendent state in in which there is neither suffering, desire, nor sense of self, and the subject is released from the effects of karma in the cycle of death and rebirth. Cobain's definition of Nirvana was freedom from pain, suffering, and the external. Boom. Nirvana. Wait. In comes Courtney Love. Hold up. Can we... Here's another break, because I'm going to do... I'm going to have to separate this with one of those musical cues, okay? Clap. Clap. Hitty clap. Clap, 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 Now, before we do continue with Courtney, I just want to go back to the point about enlightenment. Yes. Very important. Now, Kurt may have been a, a Buddhist or followed the Buddhist um, teaching. At least he, he, he would have liked to believe he did. But it seemed like he was unable to really follow that because so many th- obstacles came up in, in his path. He became super famous 
uh, and didn't have a way to deal with what he thought maybe could be the path towards enlightenment. Mm. Right? I mean... Yeah. I mean, he was like... It was like, boom! Imagine... Famous. You're a child of divorce. You lose all desire. And desire is what causes pain. Well, some might say heroin might lead to enlightenment. I don't know. I think this this could be a discussion for a, a whole another topic, though. Because this, this is pretty deep. This can get pretty deep. Wait, just can I please? Yep. Anything, any kind of enlightenment that's achieved through the use of uh, drugs, alcohol, especially opiates, those kind of things, they're not worth it. Because really what they do is rob, they, they steal your soul. I mean, now it's time for positivity, all. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on a couple things. And uh, hit me. Clap, 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 clap. What do you think about the new studio setup? Beautiful. Yeah. Jimmy? Like Jimmy likes it. I like it. I Billiards? Like Legos. Legos are cool. Okay. Do you guys feel like it's a... That it, Lego's been there, man. Where have you been? Do you feel like it's, a, it's like a oh. nice atmosphere to chill in? Be able yeah, to I, talk a little bit? No. I kind of like the circle table because... We're closer together. It's not like the weird rectangle. Right. I feel like I was always like looking sideways at you. I feel like I'm talking better in the mic now. No. I, I like... I want a pillow for it. How, so, okay, you're sitting back down again, Nick. Jimmy, you've been sitting in that chair. How do you guys feel about those things? The chairs? Yeah. I want got, a pillow I, for it. They're nice. They are nice. Don't get me wrong. But it got, Don't get me wrong. It maybe like give you like a pinch. It, I'm too short. I'm just too short. My but feet. raise it up, dude. Here, stand no, up. No, I need to go down and it won't go down any further. Oh. My feet. I need a, a stool. Well, how'd you do that? <laughs> he just raised it. Jimmy, did you just raise it up? <laughs> he doesn't weigh enough to hold the you thing down. You don't weigh enough to hold it down. Now you're all the way. <laughs> I wish the viewer, I wish the listener could. What? He went up further. <laughs> Dude, you're like on a roller coaster. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's still going. Look how tall he is. He's taller than both of us now. Oh that God. was amazing. Listener. Okay, little Jimmy. Holy shit. <laughs> They're bar stools. Little Jimmy, go down. Go down. That's dangerous up there. Oh, God. Nick. Help him. Oh. Help me. No, Jim. It's okay. Just you're at the very top of a roller coaster that's scary and dangerous. Jump off the roller coaster. Oh, he's. Go down. And Nicholas helped him down. It just takes a little bit. There Guys. You know? Wow. There we go. That was intense. Hold in. Come on. Stop. All right. We're going to edit all that out. But that was uh, for me personally fun you know you know what we should do instead of me like editing all the bad stuff out or the like the weird stuff what are you doing he's getting he all- just went back up again i <laughs> know because he's gonna fuck with it now it's like an elevator of a chair hold it all right we got to get into courtney really all quick right. oh okay just <sighs> all right are we ready wait just hold up hold in now you're, you're failing. Now, you, now, that's you're crossing a line right there. And even I, even I, have have a line that I won't let uh, anybody cross. And you just crossed it. So uh, we're coming back from a break, starting in a couple seconds. And now, little Jimmy looks happy, but. 
No, he's done. He but wants wait. to go up again. Little Jim took the micro. Here's the most poetic part about it. <laughs> he took the microphone and he put it down at his level, <laughs> like a real professional, nice. like a real professional, Little Jim. And I applaud you. All right. Well, Jim. And we're back. Rock up. La, 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 la. To the Almost Canon Podcast. Whoa. We're both. <laughs> ah, oh, yes. Oh, we got it. That is a perfect introduction <laughs> for Courtney Love. I love you, Courtney. Oh, my God. And I love Courtney. <laughs> All right. Somewhere between 1989 and 1990, Kurt met his soon-to-be wife, Courtney Love. (gasps) Kurt would say, I was determined to be a bachelor for a few months. But I knew I liked Courtney so much right away that it was really, that it was a really hard struggle to stay away from her for so many months. Yeah. That was a quote. I would have felt that way about Courtney. Let's be honest. She was, she is, she was a beautiful and charismatic person. She was, I think, from what I understand, she was tapped to be more famous than Kurt was before he really took off. She was to be put through the industry like a, um, like, like the industry usually does with meat grinder type people, um, they were to become the next new famous thing because uh, she she wrote amazing songs and uh, she had a great voice. Hole was a great band. I mean, they really... Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anything by them. Uh, doll Parts. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's like their big hit, I think. But, uh, they, but and they, I, Sorry. They embody the grunge spirit. Right. Hole. Part of that girl power. Courtney was supposed to be big, and she was big. She yeah, still she is was supposed big. to be bigger than Kurt. Well, that, that was the way that the music industry wanted to, and that also feeds into the conspiracy that we will get into really soon here. And I don't want to besmirch her name. I hope that you, I hope that you you remain respectful because I think. Despite it all, Courtney and Kurt, they're very much in love. They Sure, they might have been groomed to be together, but that's just the way it ended up working out. They did what they had to. They had a child together. There was some awkwardness, and there was some depression. Mm. That's all I have to say, but I'd like to hear more about Courtney. Courtney love. Kurt is in love. Kurt fell in love with Courtney. Kurt is in love. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jimmy, put those headphones on. Wake up. Your dad's singing. Put a little makeup. Kurt is in love. I was trying to go for like a Nirvana beat. Isn't that like... <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. Um, before we get started, Kurt used to play a uh, specially modified Fender guitar that was a blend 
of the Jaguar and the Mustang. And it ended up being called a Jagstang. Hold on. Is, what? It Are had you talking fl- about cars? A guitar. Oh. A Fender Jagstang. Yeah, see, I don't know anything about guitars. No. I just know that Eddie had a guitar that looked like an axe, and he shredded it. You ain't seen a beautiful guitar until you've seen... Old Betsy. About 15 guitars that I use. <laughs> they're all beautiful in their own way. All right. So, yeah. Uh, Courtney was the lead vocalist slash guitarist for the band Hole. And as we just talked about, she was pegged to be more famous than Kurt was supposed to be. Uh, and by 19, late 1991, Kurt and Courtney, they were always together. They were inseparable. Separable. And... Um, uh, on February 24th, 1992, they were married in Hawaii at the end of Nirvana's Pacific Rim t- tour. <laughs> no. All right. At the end of his, uh, the Pacific Rim tour, Courtney and Kurt were married in Hawaii on February 24th, 1992. That's adorable. That's an adorable story. Yep. And on August 8th, 1992... Francis Bean Cobain was born. Oh, no. Little Francis. Okay, Little Francis. this is the part of Bean. <laughs> oh, no more Bean podcast. We okay. already went over that. Oh, Beancast. No, no, no Beancast. You guys remember no. Bean? Okay. I remember the Beancast because I was like, what? what's a jelly bean? <laughs> That's right. Darcy, she was fun. <laughs> what's a jelly bean? But okay, I so think I said black bean, which is not a very original answer, <laughs> but it is very versatile bean. I said refried because I like them refried beans. It was a refried bean. I'm my tacos and burritos. Okay, yeah. it's not time for beans. Beancast. <laughs> and bean that's cast. the Beancast. Beancast 2022. <laughs> okay. Woo! <laughs> Since you didn't let me come, now you're talking about the beans, and now you're <laughs> ruining the podcast, and you! Jimmy, give me some, something about beans. <laughs> Tell me something about beans. Beans! Beans! Magical fruit. The, the more, more you eat, the more you toot. And that's beans brought to you by beans. Thank God for beans. Hell yeah. Woohoo. Engi- I love my beans. Engineer. Oh, Mr. Mises. Engineer Steve, get. I like beans. Woohoo. En- <laughs> Don't get me talking about beans. Engineer Steve, we will destroy you. I just like my beans. Engineer Steve, you. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. You better get your beans and... You should do OnlyFans with that voice. Can you please still give me my yes. beans later? Yes. You gotta prepare them beans and you know what kind. Okay, bye. See ya. Engineer Steve, we love you. All right. Lil Francis Bean Cobain. I'll see you at home, Engineer Steve. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Steve, Sorry. Shh, come on. Shh, shh, We're trying shh. to talk about Lil Francis. Steve, why are you so unprofessional? <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying not to be. Get off the mic, Steve. We told you to never okay, talk. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going. Never talk on the mic, Steve. I'm going. Never talk on the mic. Oh, Steve, never talk on. Gemma. Oh. All right. Lil Francis Bean Cobain. Oh, God. She was born... August 8th, 1992, and uh, she would actually be 
taken from Kurt and Courtney by, by Child Protective Services uh, because Courtney had admitted in an inter- interview that she had used heroin while pregnant. And they were there. They were there to. They were ready. They snatched it right up. What are the results of using heroin while pregnant? Well, I mean, I think like a couple times, it's you know, it's obviously not good. But what would it do to a child? I don't think a couple times, probably not a whole lot. But constant use, the baby would obviously be born addicted. What is right that off the bat? What does that mean? The what baby would have to be, uh, you know, like. Weaned they, off. They wouldn't be able to live without it? Oh, no, they would. They would just... The baby? What? Oh, I don't know why this happens to me all of a sudden. What the hell's the word? It would go into withdrawal? Yeah. So the baby, it, it goes right into withdrawal. And obviously, it's a tiny baby. It, it would have to be, you know... And withdrawal in is a ho- like, Within a hospital. Is like a heart attack, basically? Like tremors? No, you know, you just... On heroin, it would be like... You'd be like throwing up, diarrhea... Hot and cold fevers, but is that enough to kill you? No, you, you, the only so a baby born, the only withdrawal that will ever kill you is an alcohol withdrawal. It is extremely dangerous I've for that. alcoholics to, uh, Oof. like full blown alcoholics to kick it cold turkey. What's a full blown alcoholic, by the way? Like you're drinking me? fucking rubbing alcohol. Oh fuck, or That's gasoline. Me. Yeah, that's going to go ahead and be me. Good job, Bank. Oh, shit. Shit. But yeah. So you will feel like you're dying from a heroin withdrawal. Just kidding. But you will not die. All right. Sorry. So let's get into Kurt's drug use really quick. Edit point. Oh. Oh. Okay, we're good. All right. Let's just get into Kurt's drug use really quick. This will only take a second. Uh, So he smoked weed. From the age of 13 uh, on, you know, he would use LSD. He he did LSD a lot, apparently, while he was dating Tracy uh, Miranda. And it turns out he would do a lot of art with her. And she still owns, you know, that art. Is it is it public? Can you see it? I, I'm not sure. I'm sure probably on Facebook. If you that would be could cool. Find her on Facebook. I didn't bother to look, but yeah. So he did a lot of art with her. And... um he would he would try heroin for the first time in in 1986 but by 1990 he had developed a full blown heroin addiction 1986 yeah and francis was born in 1992 uh so i would imagine that him and court this is just me alleging you know this is all allegedly this is just what i'm imagining i would imagine that him and courtney you know, they were both would be addicted because misery loves company. Uh, so she, I would imagine she would, she would, I don't, I don't even know if I can say this on the podcast or not. I would, I, I'm, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. What, what do you, what do you want to say? I just want to say that I would imagine that she would probably used, you know, every day. They, yeah. While she was pregnant. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thing to say. Dude. I mean, okay, that's fine. They were both pretty heavily into drugs. I mean, it's like pretty much public. Record. Right. Okay, that's fine. All right, so let's get into the suicide. Finally. We finally here. Wait, wait. Just, can we treat it delicately, man? You have to understand, if there are people 
from his family that are still alive, and there are. We don't just talk no, about. I n- yeah, I know there are. We don't just talk about it like it's a clinical experiment. We have to be <laughs> sensitive about it. All right, All right. so let's. let's Thank you, Jimmy. Yes. That's amazing. All right. That so sounded like something from a German opera. Kurtz, suicide. Be sensitive, please. It's important. Oh, okay, hold in. Come on. All right, hold Dean. What, you just call me? Welcome to the Almost Canon Podcast. It's the last thing you'll ever hear before. My name is Nick Billiards. And, and I'm here with little Bank Jimmy back. Roberts. And little Jimmy. Little Jimmy. Little, little. This will be the last thing before you hear me. Little Jimmy, you little Jimmy, die. little Jimmy. What? Little Jimmy, what? Go on and say right, Here we go. It's. Coming down. You know, I really wish you could get those vocals in there. Ah. I wish I could hear them more. Uh, I don't give away my shit for free, dude. Shingle, I. Shingle, hey! <laughs> what the hell? Sang it! <laughs> Sang it, son. Place of gold. Don't put it on the table. Alright, alright, alright. So, Gary. And I'm Climbing Clam. Climbing Clam died like at episode one. He dies in every episode. Little Jimmy. You. Just kidding. Could have killed him. I probably did. Because he didn't kill himself. <laughs> he was murdered. Uh, by him. Stop it. Stop it, both of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Both of you stop it. I'll not have this. No, but really, there were people like get you know trying to get onto his property, and that that's what Gary was there for. No, that's not why Gary was there. <laughs> okay, he was there because he was a a maintenance person. Yeah, he was he was there to install security lighting. But he wasn't there because there was well, no it, sketchy business. Courtney had hired them to put security lights up throughout the property right. because all these people like Climb and Clem, Placer Gold, <laughs> they wouldn't leave Kurt alone. No! Please. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. All right. Okay. So yeah, Gary thought Kurt was a, a mannequin at first uh, and then when he realized it wasn't a mannequin, he thought he was just sleeping but then he saw blood, you know, right. coming out of his ears. Yeah, that's a... Pooling around his, his head. Ah, no. It fills me with sorrow. Would you like me to do some sad music? Yes, please. All right. Let's doing, get through this really quick. He's doing a cello motion. <laughs> What's that? A cello. Like, yes, you know what a cello is. <laughs> a cello is like more down here, right? A violin's up here. Get your son a stringed instrument. He's obviously... <laughs> he has a guitar, but they broke it. The neck. They broke it? What do you mean they? You and Fen broke it. Ah, no. I didn't break it. Fen did. He oh, climbed on the bed. Nicoleos. And you <laughs> let him. You were I there. I didn't. I didn't let him. Oh, my God. You were there in the no, bedroom. Blame it on... Blame it on Bank. He what? wouldn't fix it. What? No, I'm not even involved in that. Get he out of here. He doesn't even live with us. Yeah. 
The King County Medical Examiner determined that Kerr had died three days earlier on April 5th. But we have a reason to hate you. Though. Of a gunshot wound to just, his head. Just so you know. Uh, yeah. Kurt he, had he had used a 20 gauge shotgun. Right. To and, kill himself. And the weapon it, it was they found it laying across his chest. Cause he he was he was laying on the ground. Um the shell had become lodged within his head, so it didn't it this is not to get really gross and gruesome was, here, but it didn't blow the back of his head off. It had actually ew, due no. to it being a twenty gauge, which is not a very large, you know, fire the firearm okay, uh, shotgun wise, it's not very big caliber. Don't dwell on that. Okay, we will gauge be- as they would call it. Yeah, so the shot, it it become lodged in his head. So there wasn't like, it wasn't a huge mess. We will now be doing sad music for 10 minutes. No, hold on. We got, we got to get through this. Okay. There's already sad music happening. <laughs> but this is depressing. It's making me de- even more depressed. So on top of the gunshot wound, there were two injection sites found on, um, on either arm, you know, the inside of the elbow. And his cigar box was neatly packed with drugs and paraphernalia it was uh, laying next to him on the floor okay so he had obviously had you know he had obviously put away everything because it was neatly packed yeah <laughs> you know it wasn't just like there were needles laying around or whatever why would there be needles hanging around yeah like if he's if he's shooting up and he's so friggin' wasted you know, he, he had to have been within, he had to have had enough control to remove everything, place it back in the box before. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility ever. Well, it. let's get, we'll, we'll get into it really quick here. So the, the toxicology report said that there was 1.25 milligrams per liter uh, of blood, uh, of liter of blood. So there was 1.52 milligrams of of heroin per liter of blood found in his system. What does that mean? Is that a lot or a little? Uh, that, that is way more than a lethal dose. Let's see. I got it. Let's see if I can find it really quick here. Jim's got something. Yes, Jim. Instead of sell, telling it blood, how about we be more family friendly and kel- ketchup? Ketchup? <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> Okay. Not, not well, blood. We're talking ketchup instead of blood. So yes. there was 1.52 liter uh, milligrams of heroin per ketchup per liter of ketchup. <laughs> that actually sounds like a ketchup that I might enjoy. <laughs> Throw a little bit of heroin in there. Whoa! Suddenly your burger is enhanced, my friends. Am I wrong? That's, what is wrong with you? That's very dark. <laughs> it's very very dark, and I don't. Uh, Hello. And uh, uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to see if I can. I I know I wrote down Baby. the amount of heroin he would have had to have used to Heck, have that. Uh, okay, fine. It's a lot, but there's a lot. It was like more than like it was so much that when he injected it, he should have he shouldn't have have been even able to remove the needle from his arm amount. Why do you? Why would you say that? Because that. That's, that's those super, are facts. Those are facts. No, that's very subjective. Whether somebody's able to remove a needle from their arm after injecting themselves? Are you kidding? Well, I mean, he would have been so high 
that he would that he would have been paralyzed. It would have almost killed him instantly, type of deal, you know. Well, why can't he slide a needle out of his arm in that state? I mean, maybe he could have. Yes, obviously are, he could have. And the suicide note was found in a in a planter, like a you know a flower pot that was near Kurt's body. Nicholas. And I, I got like the note right ask here. Ask you a question. What? Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> Wake up! Put a little makeup. <laughs> Stay up. I like that song. I wrote a whole movie scene to that song. <laughs> Don't remind me of it. I never even told you what it was. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> you too? We got to get you your own podcast. All right. Lil Jim, Nick Banks. I mean, no, uh, we need Bills. to read this suicide note. Oh, fine. I waited all this time. There's a stupid fly in here. I know. Kill it. Oh, wait. With the claw? Wait. No. Hold on. I got it. No, we don't have to take time. No, don't. Don't let it. Look at this right here. Oh, shit. You got it. That's fucking leg. What know, the fuck? I don't know where I've got to. It's in your drink. Ah! <laughs> Just kidding. All right. It's, it's in it's your butt. Right right <laughs> Just like limping. Oh, God! Alright, let's read this note. This is important. This okay. is Hold in. This Wait. is important. Let's not interrupt. Almost cannon. We're back. No, that's... Here, let's do a little thing. Suicide note. All right. All right. Holden, come on. Both of you. This is what I was talking about, Holden. Come on. I was going to fist bump you, but he was... All right. All right, all right, all right. He was pointing at me. Kurt Cobain's suicide note. Oh, wait. Shh. I'm going to read it. I'm going to try to read it as best to, to my ability. Um, but it does... It, it does play a role in the whole wait controversy wait before you read it can i admonish you to be very sensitive about it yeah i will as long as you guys don't dick around we're gonna dick around and the point is that you need to be strong (laughs) (laughs) even though we're gonna be fucking with you all right so he addresses it to to uh to boda which was his childhood imaginary friend not to Courtney, not to Francis, to his imaginary friend. To Boda, speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be an emasculated infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All of the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years since my first introduction to the shall we say, ethics involved in, involved with independence and the embarrassment of your community has proven to be very true. I haven't felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with reading and writing for too many years now. I feel guilty beyond words about these things. 
For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out and the manic roar of the crowd begins, it doesn't affect me. It uh, doesn't affect the way in which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed, seemed to love, relish in the love and adoration from the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. Wait, can I stop you there? Hmm. Something I admire and envy. The way Freddie Mercury would go out on stage and seem to really mm. embody the whole experience and just... Yeah, so Kurt was not having fun He was the anymore. opposite of that. That's, At least now. He used to. He used, he used to. But it's heartbreaking, though. He was not having a good time anymore. That breaks my heart. That really does. Um, he sung his heart out to his death. I guess so, but he was also taken advantage of and I don't know if he ever wanted to become what he became well maybe he'll go in a little more detail alright the fact is I can't fool you any one of you it simply isn't fair to you or me the worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending as if I'm having a 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as if I should have a punch-in time clock before I walk on stage. I've tried everything within my power to appreciate it, and I do. God believe me, I do. But it's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have, effect- have affected and entertained a lot of people. It must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate who who only appreciate things when they're gone I'm too sensitive I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasm I once had as a child On our last 3 tours I've had a much better appreciation for all the people I've known personally and for the fans of our music but I still can't get over the frustration the guilt and empathy I have for everyone There's good in all of us, and I think I simply love people too much. So much that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad little sensitive, unappreciative Pisces Jesus man. Who, why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. And and this, this, there's a second part here, which is, it's, it's weird. It's a little weird. It's different. He goes on, Kurt goes on to say, I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who remains, who reminds me too much of what I used to be, full of love and joy, kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do her no harm. And that terrifies me to the point to where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable self-destructive death rocker that I've become. I have it good, very good, and I'm grateful, but since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general, only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy, only because I love and feel sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach. For your letters and concerns during the past years. 
I'm too much of an erratic, moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore. And so remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Peace, love, empathy. Kurt Cobain. Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life, which will, which will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. And that was it. What do you think about that? Well, Holden's crying. Very emotional. So if Kurt existed in, in 2022, if this was all like starting right now? to happen right now, if he existed, he would, have, he would, he, would he have still killed himself or do you think? What? I don't I was just curious because I think times have definitely changed. I think that if this, what if are like. What you talking about? If he was alive right now, would he have still killed himself? Yeah, so instead of him, instead of all this happening in 1994, let's say Nirvana and all that, it all kicks up within a couple years ago. I just feel like it, uh, today there, there's more, you know, people are more open to, to helping. And back then it was more like, you got to rock so hard. You don't, you know, you got to do this. Don't, don't. Don't talk about your feelings. Don't do any of this. Make sure you rock as hard as you can. Who cares what you're feeling? Yes. It's all for the fans. For sure. Nowadays, it's more like... I feel like more more artists are reaching out when Care they're feeling... feelings. Yeah, when they're feeling upset about something, they'll, they have no problem reaching out. And because of this note, the Seattle Police Department almost instantly ruled uh, Cobain's death a suicide... And I mean, and now, you know, he had also, there was also what was thought to be a suicide attempt that happened only, only a month before this. So I know of it. I know of what you speak. Right. So uh, that also might have been on their minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so while they were in Rome, uh, he had overdosed on some roofies of all things. Rohepinol, no, Rohepinol, and it was considered a suicide attempt. Uh, even though it was, it was really Courtney who, who declared that it was. So yeah, the the police they were they were certain about about this, and they were they were so certain that it was a suicide attempt they didn't even bother to, to you know dust the the wep- the shotgun for prints until over a month later. The only thing. And that's fine. The, the only thing that that gets my brain pumping when I think about this stuff, there's there's two things really. Uh, the amount of heroin that was in his system. Yes, it was a lot. It was almost too much for him to be able. You that, know, I guess, and it all comes down to how much he uses every day. That's what Kurt is known for. Right, but still, he even if he was a junkie, heavy junkie. The amount that he put into his system was He was still hanging out with almost randos. He did not care by the end. And the shotgun is another thing. So that points maybe to some other aspect that I don't know how to describe it. At most, there might have been someone helping him. If someone didn't... if And let's be real. If anyone, you know... If he didn't commit suicide, it would 
Courtney would have been involved. Why? Why? Monetary reasons here. No. She loved him, and he loved her. Well, Courtney had hired a man when... uh, So, Kurt, days before they found him, he had, had, you know, he had left a... A rehab center. I don't like this, Nick. He jumped the gate and left left the rehab center. And Courtney had hired a man named Tom Grant, a private investigator, to find where had where Kurt had gone. Well, slow down. He had left this rehab center because he was basically forced to go there. Right. By his friends. Yes. Including the people in Nirvana. Yes. So why would he not want to just leave right away? They don't keep you there. They don't force you to stay. Right. He wasn't forced to stay. So he, he didn't left. have to hop the fence. He could have just walked out on his own free but will. But he did hop the fence. Because he was <laughs> fucking crazy at that point. Right. So he hopped the fence. He didn't walk out the door. He hopped the fence. Um, yeah. And Courtney had hired this man, Tom Grant, to find him. And uh, so Tom had un- uncovered, supposedly, supposedly Tom had uncovered, you know, okay, and this is this is conspiracy. It's a All conspiracy. Right. Fine, I just so there's no hard evidence of this, but Tom had uncovered evidence. I love everything he did. I love how he helped all these people and how his music is still loved today. Thank like you. I love it. That's all I ask for. I'm not disrespecting him in any way. I know you're not, but just and God, I, w- I even wish I could have been Kurt. But uh, there's still a mystery here, and it goes on today. And it was such a mystery that. That the San Francisco or uh, San Francisco, the Seattle Police Department, they they reopened the case in 2016 to go Spell over it Spell it out for me. Start me from the start. Well, there's just several points to go over. All right, go. All right. So people talk about several things with a the gun. There's really one thing that I want to point out. Um. So. I'm just going to mention a couple of things here really quick. Uh, when they did dust for fingerprints, they found four unusable prints on the gun. I would imagine that since he had just purchased the gun several days prior to this, there should have been, you know, just random prints from, you know, the gun shop owner, from Kurt, from his friend, from people who randomly touched the gun at wait, the shop. Wait, 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 wait. But that's beside the point. We don't need to go over that. That's fine. I also just want to say that the gun was, it was over 36 inches long. Like, this is a, this is a very long, I saw pictures of the gun that were recently released. Um, this is a very long gun. So yeah, it was over, it was over 36, so this is a very long gun. In order to, to put it in his mouth and pull the trigger, I mean, I guess it's possible. It's possible. So we'll leave that at that. It's possible. Um, but the thing that gets me the most about the gun is the shell cartridge, the ejected shell cartridge, and where it landed. Talk to us about that. All right. So on the gun, on this particular gun, the shells would come out the right side, like most guns. So he'd shoot it, um, and the, the shell would eject out the side of the gun, the right side of the gun. And the shell had landed on the left side of his body. So the, the police, they attributed this to um, almost like a magic bullet type of situation. So, you know, he has the gun, the recoil, sets it, it jumps about and lands on the left side. Right. Um, 
And being a 20-gauge shotgun doesn't have much of a recoil. I looked this up. I went. I got professional here. It's, so it's, a, it's anywhere from between 11 to 19 foot-pounds, which is uh, a unit of energy in engineering. It's not very much. Okay. Like, like I said, the shell didn't even pass through his skull. All right. So 12 gauge is what you see on TV almost always. Very powerful. It's the recoil. It's like big recoil. 12 gauge or a, a 20 gauge. Yeah, so they all, they all shoot. You know, a shotgun's different than a rifle. They shoot, they shoot shells. They're like Give slugs. us the noise of it. Yeah, there you go. That was more like a 12 gauge. But yeah, okay. So they attributed this to this cartridge bouncing around in the landing left side, mm. which is fine, I guess. I guess. Okay, fine. It might have. Very. Okay. That just, that's the, one of the main things that gets me. It's almost like someone had shot him and then laid the, rifle, the shotgun down on his chest. So there's no convincing you that Kurt Cobain was murdered. I can't. You are so. How about this? How about this? How about this? The 27 Club. What do you think? Kurt. When Kurt died, he officially joined the 27 Club. With Queen Lizzie. No. Elvis. This is a subject that we will that will pop up every now and then in some of these uh, conspiracies we'll be, we will be covering. The 27 Club. How dare you talk about it. You officially have been banned. And guess what, folks? And that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> I would say, I would do like the bank Roberts. I think this is bullshit. <laughs> I think this is bullshit. You and that the first. is almost canon. And that's almost canon. Come on, join us. <laughs> Thank you.